This episode of The House Glow is brought to you by Fun.com. Fun.com, the best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, clothing, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products they make themselves, and you won't find them anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes and see the latest products, and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th of 2021. Your savings are automatically added to your cart, so just click the link and go have some fun shopping. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. So you might as well outfit your wolf pack, because these savings will only last for a short time. They won't be for life. is a presentation of the Retro Network. The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The Mass Library, Kevin Hellions. The Educator of Excellence, and Sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs, because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition, the final edition. What are we? What are we going with, guys? It's whatever edition you need to make it, so that I can go on summer break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got summer break educator with us. This is going to be the final edition of the House Glow. It is me, as always, Mister Maddie Treats, and I'm joined by my trio's tag team partners. You heard the man, the educator. Summer is here, baby. I literally have. One day of work, I need to show up at school. It's a matter of me handing in my keys, giving them my phone number in case they need to get a hold of me to verify grades and call it a day. Uh, educator, I got a question for you. Yes. How many how many people did you flunk this year? Anyone? I Everybody that took my class got through and got through certificates. So zero. That's disappointing. And there was a there was one person I thought maybe. You could have flunked, but maybe, you know, a bunch of bricks fell on her head. So. Yes, a bunch of bricks did fall, but unfortunately not enough. 
<laughs> that's it. That's good. Uh, speaking of another brick in the wall, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kevin Hellions is with us. Kevin, how you doing? I can't believe this is it. It's, isn't how I saw things. You, you could say it's a supernova. It's the end of the glow. It's collapsing into a black hole now. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, guys. So this is the last official episode for season four of Glow. But Kevin, you're doing a special episode next week. There are three. Uh, after the two we watched tonight, there are three episodes left on Tubi and on Pluto. The new champions reign part one, part two and part twenty nine. I don't understand this either. <laughs> but. My wife out of nowhere says that she wants to start watching some women's wrestling again. She's a big fan of the classic era of TNA knockouts and has like some other things along the way. And I said, well, my hosts are kind of done here and I got three more episodes left and really want to talk about them. I don't think she knows what she's getting into. I nope, not at all. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what, though? She does like uh, was it Godiva's Bear Facts. Yep. Yep. So maybe. All right, so based on our episodes, uh, one, I think I need to her t- to pick a favorite. Um, I think we need to know what her favorite joke is for the one she watches, and do I give her the hot tag? Well, Kevin, well, what you <laughs> well, do in your yeah, personal life yeah, is maybe. none of our business. <laughs> if that's what can she's I, into, you know. Can I make that's one fine. request? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you have Elise record a Tulsa's cream pie uh, commercial. Probably not. Right, I'm not okay. sure I should go for that, but I haven't watched these three episodes. It might come up naturally. I need her to record at least <laughs> one commercial. Okay. Highly suggestive commercial. <laughs> Highly suggestive commercial. I, I did want to take this opportunity, gentlemen, to wish you a happy Father's Day. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you it very, are, very are, much. You guys are both uh, parents, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, educator with the educatettes. Uh, right. You know, the, the the three lovely ladies. I can't believe the one went to prom. Uh, that's Alrighty. insane to me that she's yes. that old now. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Declan X for, for Mr. Decent there. Uh, YouTube sensation Declan X. Indeed. So Indeed. happy Father's Day. Uh, I have a question for you guys because I was actually talking to Crone Meltzer about this. Um, there was something our dads used to both do. Um, and, and I want to know as a father if you guys do this, okay? Right. So, used to be the weekend. Uh, my father, of course, Saturday night, uh, being so close to the Canadian border, was hockey night in Canada. Uh, we would order a pizza, and my dad would just sit around in his underwear. <laughs> just his underwear. Now, I thought maybe this was just a weird thing. Crone Meltzer's father also used to just sit around in his underwear. So question to you gentlemen, number one, did your fathers ever just sit around in their underwear? Was that like the thing to do in that generation? Um, or do you guys do that? Uh, that would be a no and a no as well. All girls in my household, ain't nobody got time for that. I Well, got three kids. Apparently at some point someone had time for that. Um, The funny thing is, though, you're asking two people who were raised by their moms, though. Right, exactly. (laughs) Well, yeah. So it's a a little different. Yeah. 
So, question um, for you guys: Was your mother believe- ever sitting in Mandarin? <laughs> like, what are you talking about, though? Because I, I think there would be a difference between like longer boxers and tidy whiteies. Yeah, for we're talking reason, tight. Like, we're talking tidy whiteies, guys. That's crazy. I can't fathom because- doing that. No, no, walking, no, hanging out with your kid or other people when you're tidy wise, absolutely not. However, I am currently in my boxer briefs. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-huh. So Kevin, let me ask yeah. you this: Have you how? When did you get into your boxer briefs? As soon as I got home. So were you not wearing underwear? No, I was. I just took off the shorts that I had over it with the belt and everything. Just now okay. in my box. So I got home. I took off the uncomfortable shorts. I'm in my box. And you're just walking around in your boxers? Yeah. Well, That's the equivalent of just wearing underwear. Because they're longer. Why not just have like mesh shorts you put on? Oh, I do that too without boxer briefs. So I do will, you, I will do you wear, wear the mesh shorts, shorts Commando, when Declan's yeah. De- De- around? Yeah. So you took your mesh shorts off just to record the podcast? I'm confused. No, no, no. I was I was in my nice khaki, khaki yeah. you know, cargo shorts. My my middle aged white male um, uniform. Yep. Came home, removed those. I'm in my boxer briefs in the palatial recording studio. But tomorrow, when I'm just like moving stuff around the house and hanging out here and all everything, yeah, I'll probably be in. Uh, like Nike Under Armour shorts or whatever, probably nothing underneath. Just let it air out during the day. Moving around the house, tell us how's the uh, renovation going? We're a month in now. So, the kitchen is done. All the bedrooms are done. Over the course of Father's Day weekend, instead of doing a Father's Day thing, I am emptying the living room. My current thought is, I don't know where the couch is going to go. Like, there's a good chance something is going to have to be, like, turned, like, a bed is going to have to be turned up on its side to make room to slide a couch in somewhere. But the, the living room starts Monday, or, I have to have it empty. Or you flip the couch upside down and put it on the bed. Yeah, might do that, too. I'm not sure what way I'm going with it yet. Um, not to change the subject, but uh, let's get back to the underwear talk, Kevin. Um, I'm still confused by this. So mm-hmm. I asked you. If you come home and sit in your underwear. Right. And you said no, but you're currently at home sitting in your underwear. Mm-hmm. Well, because usually, because as we've discussed on the podcast before, I sleep stripped. So my thought was maybe it's the underwear is too confining if I'm just wearing like exercise shorts, like a Nike or Under Armour shorts and going commando. Maybe that would be looser and more freeing, and I would keep my shorts on in my sleep throughout the night. And then at least I'm covered. That's great, but did you go to sleep after you got home? Okay, I don't want to know. I don't, I oh, don't I, know. I, I still end up taking them off in my sleep. So confused. I don't want to know about your sleep schedule, Kevin. I can't wait to room with you at RetroCon, though. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to see too much. <laughs> or not enough. Someone's not enough, see, baby. Someone's going to see a 40-year-old toy. Is it a pull toy? <laughs> All right. Why don't we get right into it? Um, educator's got a uh, he's got a dinner engagement to get to tonight, so he wants to bang the show out as quickly as possible. The yacht's not going to drive itself, baby. 
All right. So why don't we go into it? And if we're starting at Glow, we're starting at the Women's Rock Room. Uh, we get our Riviera card breakdown. Um, guys, so we got three people left. And two are yep. taking on each other. And then one takes on one. But the other one wrestles earlier so they don't have advantage. Is this just a WrestleMania right. 10? It's WrestleMania 10 yeah, all over again. Yeah. All right. Just I'm just pointing that out there. So uh, we get a shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's glow gossip and then we get our glow wrap. And that leads to match number one on the card, which is Big Bad Mama. Um, and she's flanked by MTV in Hollywood. And she is taking on Mountain Fiji, who is flanked by Zelda and Lightning. And uh, this is a Samoan sumo match. Samoan sumo match. The girls have their big diaper panties on today, getting ready to go one-on-one. There's a taped kind of circle in the ring. It's more or less an octagon, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. Found it weird that, you know, given the the assistance to Big Bad Mama in this match and then the six-lady tag we see in the next episode, uh, why Zelda was here as an assistant to Mountain Fiji when it was Lightning and Zelda. When we get in the next match next week, it's Thunderbolt and Lightning. Um, I will say, though, to tie everything together, I have not ever gone home and just worn my sumo diapers for the evening. That's that's a bridge too far. That would be sarong. Mm-hmm. Feels so right. It would be very so wrong. Uh, a question for you guys. Is this better than Big Show Akibono? You know, I may, I haven't watched that match except for the one time, but right now I kind of, I'm leaning towards, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Also, did you guys realize that the Fabergé Organics logo is not centered? Yeah. I just realized I mean, yeah. is, is anything. Yeah, that is true. That <laughs> yeah. is true. So that's true. Uh, I will say though, the crowd very into this. Um, some of the things that Su- super packed house. Yeah, like. some of the yeah. things that I actually like about Glow is this match. It's so ridiculous. I really like the ridiculousness of this. You know, we had the uh, Caribbean cruise match uh, the previous week, and I like that. I like this. The over the top campiness is what I like when they're right. trying to do wrestling. Wrestling angle, it's not going to work. Um, but anyways, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this Samoan sumo match? All right, so we got Big Bad Mama versus Mountain Fiji Samoan sumo match. Hot tag to Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your Kevin Hellions strip down to your undies breakdown of the night. Kevin, take it away. happening here if you're wondering what's happening because you haven't listened to the show before once an episode usually (laughs) now usually once an episode these two surprised me with the hot tag and i have to call the match done just by my notes as i watch the show and i don't know what match they're going to suggest so i just write down my notes little things to try to jog my memory as we talk about the show and get going so this is my thoughts, good or bad, as I'm watching this match. <sighs> kind of looking over at my other notes here, too. All right, Big Bad Mama with MTV in Hollywood versus Mountain Fiji with Lightning and Zelda. Sumo match. A lot of thighs. 
push the opponent outside of the circle, which is actually an octagon. Rice versus Voodoo Powder. Toss the rice at each other. Lock up. No good. Very even. Mama with a test of strength. Fiji is too strong, though, and Mama comes back with a headbutt and a headlock. Fiji reverses for a hammerlock. Fiji accidentally knocks the referee out of the ring. Fiji slams Mama and then tosses her out of the circle. MTV kicks the referee down. Mama with some voodoo dust and she pushes Fiji out of the circle. The referee gets up at this moment and declares Big Bad Mama the winner of the match. Zelda says that Fiji won. Hollywood dropkicks Zelda to get her to shut up. And all six women fight until Mountain Fiji cleans house. And that has been your Kevin Onion. Kevin Onions. Kevin Onions. <laughs> that has been your Kevin Hellions. Because I'm trying to say strip down to your undies. But Kevin ha- okay. Kevin Hellions is hot hundred. I don't know. It's Kevin, Kevin Onions underwear breakdown. Uh, educator, what did you think? Um, I, the way that this match was shot, there were a whole bunch of angles where you could not see the women's feet. I guarantee you there has to have been multiple times where uh, Fiji had to have been pushed out of the out of the out of the circle. She was so close to the corner, so many shots. Um, I mean, it's a good thing we had the camera angles the way they were because this certainly would have been just an immediate like, oops, sorry, uh, the match is over after three seconds kind of deal. Uh, the ref bump with Fiji accidentally backhanding the ref was just ridiculously over the top and the ref just flying through the ropes over that subtle backhand. It's just crazy. Uh, goofy match, fun for what it was. Uh, good times. Yeah, like I said, it's fun for what it is. It's over the top. It's glow, in my opinion. That's what glow should be rather than trying to do you know, a five-minute classic or trying to do pile drivers that may injure someone. I'd rather have them do these right. sumo matches yeah. and dumb stuff like this. So, and unfortunately we do see a couple pile drivers in this episode. We'll talk about no oh, baby. Uh, so we followed it up with Dr. Feel and grope. He's having a consultation with Roxy Aster. Roxy, Roxy. <laughs> Aster. Right. Uh, we get a shampoo commercial. Then we get Zelda zingers. And that leads us to match number two on the card, which is Godiva with Beastie taking on Sally and Babe, the farmer's daughters. Um, so this is the match. Of course, Godiva's one of the final three for the run for the rubies, but they're making her uh, wrestle this tag match. So she is not well rested and everything's an even playing field next week. And this is a very interesting match. It's fun. And I like the idea where Godiva is trying to stay as rested as possible by trying to convince Beastie to basically do the whole match and the whole chocolate box of chocolates gimmick. And eventually the, it turns on her because uh, the farmer's daughters end up getting the chocolates and convince Beastie to turn on Godiva. I mean, like you're saying, you like the comedy over top. Yeah, there's wrestling in this match more so than the sumo match, but it's still absolutely ridiculous glow over the top yeah just a a different way of it being over the top my only complaint about the chocolate thing is i wish they did this earlier in the season like i don't understand the motivation for it yeah a lot of the goofy character development stuff that we're starting to see 
it's like at the end of the season and it should have been towards the beginning or even middle, but not like the very, very end. It's crazy. I'm curious that if like behind the scenes, there was like a new direction or a new director that took over towards the end of the season. That's why we're seeing kind of this transformation, if you will. Wouldn't shock me. Someone new come in or even just the advertisers, your, uh, your networks, your channels carrying, Wanting certain content. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, Educator, why don't you go break down this tag match? All right. So, we have Godiva, uh, Beauty and the Beastie uh, against the Farmer's Daughters. The start of the match begins with... Hot tag. <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. No hot tag. What a swerve. We actually were, were debating on uh, just hot tagging to you every every episode or every match. Uh. So the start of the match, we see Godiva. She's propped up in the corner, sitting on the top turnbuckle. She's got a box of chocolates, and she is convincing Beastie, hey, I'll give you all these chocolates throughout the match if you do all the dirty work and you take on Babe and Sally, which Beastie very much complies. We see the start of the match with Beastie with a big body slam to Sally and a bear hug to follow up. We see Babe running in to try to break up the bear hug, and Beastie just tosses Babe over the top rope onto the floor. We see Beastie head back over to her corner, and Godiva hand-feeds Beastie's more chocolates into her mouth. The faces at one point do a double drop kick to Beastie into her back, which causes her to flop over the top rope onto the floor. Beastie seems to be more concerned about getting more of the chocolates and eating the chocolates rather than essentially attacking or fighting back. We see Sally now get involved in the match with a big head scissors to Godiva, and she ends up turning it into basically a Rana takeover uh, to swing uh, Godiva down to the mat. Godiva eventually does recover and does a one-legged monkey flip uh, to Sally and eventually does the Buckingham bounce as Sally was tossed into the corner, does the big Buckingham bounce, and strategically is like doing a double-handed choke as she is mounted over the top corner turnbuckle uh, on Sally doing that Buckingham bounce. Eventually, Sally is able to toss Godiva off, and the faces now have secured the box of chocolates that originally Godiva had and was using uh, to coerce Beastie to be involved in the match. And now they, the farmer's daughters convince Beastie to essentially turn on Godiva, and they start feeding Beastie more chocolates to then go attack Godiva. And BC ends up following through. She ends up doing a body slam to Godiva. Uh, the faces uh, continue to lure Beastie with more candy. We see Beastie with an Irish whip and a big hip toss to Godiva. We see Beastie climb up to the second rope and hits one of her big uh, second rope splashes onto a down Godiva. And then, unfortunately, Sally and Babe and the, all of this were also double fisting the candy as, as well. And they seem to have run out of the chocolates. And now Beastie is pretty upset and ends up going nuts and attacks the farmer's daughters, specifically Sally. We end up seeing Babe doing a victory roll in the ring onto uh, onto Godiva as Beastie and Sally had rolled out onto the floor. At one point, Beastie ends up throwing Sally hard into the uh, the big pillar, and it essentially almost explodes from the uh, Irish whip into the pillar. Uh, Beastie and Sally continue to battle back and forth out under the floor, and uh, they were the legal ladies in the match, and the referee ends up counting both of the ladies out. 
So the match ends up finishing as a double countout finish. I love the Beastie Di- Beastie Godiva dynamic. There we go. Finally got it out there. Um, I was honestly shocked the announcer wasn't even worse, considering that he constantly attacks Godiva's weight, and it's Beastie who's eating all the chocolates. Like, I mean, he said stuff, but he he honestly didn't go as far as I expected here. Babe doing a fantastic job last couple weeks of just playing up the character, getting things over. She does great here for the whole, you know, manipulating of Beastie with the chocolates and everything. Sally is still just there, though, for everything she does. Um, a credit to keep her around, I guess. I'm just very curious, you know, what, what the reasoning is here. Um, I was also like, for the most part, glow tag matches seem to be under Lucha rules. It's just whoever's in the ring, but there were a couple occasions in this last bit where they actually said, no, that's not the legal person in the ring here. Or, oh, there's two wrestling in the ring. But the two fighting are outside are actually legal. Like, you haven't cared in 30, however many episodes we've watched, near 30 of them. Now you suddenly care about who the legal person is here for it. Don't understand it. Um, I am curious, though, uh, what kind of soda that was the Beastie had. Well, saying, you know, what kind of soda pairs well with the chocolates that she was given? Kind of thinking like a nice root beer, maybe. Any soda would work well with chocolates, let's be honest. I think, yeah. I think I, I think any are good, but I think certain ones are even better for it, though. Have you ever tried the uh, um, ranch soda? No, I've I've done, I did the Thanksgiving sodas many many years ago from Jones Soda, and they're awful. And I just felt like I may as well have just like thrown twenty bucks in a gutter. Somewhere. And they have like they have like the a effect. bacon one and yeah, a gravy one and st- yeah, all that. No, it's not worth the money. It's it's uh, like I I got other things I can throw money on <laughs> away with. Be more what enjoyable. are those things, Kevin? <laughs> Looser underwear. Um, is Beastie the only one that security has constantly dragged away? Like we've seen a lot of things happen where they're separated, but as far as security actually coming out and dragging some way, I think it's only been Beastie. Uh, for the most part, I believe yeah, BC for the for many of the uh, drag offs. I mean, any other match that maybe she's brawling with somebody else, she's pulling the other girl off as well. But it yeah. seems like yeah, it seems to be like the, the the gimmick, the theme, or whatever is BC's getting dragged back to the locker room. Yeah, it's just interesting that she is one of the few that actually you know they've given a more well rounded gimmick to of her. It's not even like she's a savage. It's just. Um, almost like sh- sh- a switch goes off and she's uncontrollable after a certain point. Fun silly match. Love the Buckingham bounce. I love the Buckingham bounce. Everyone loves the Buckingham bounce. <laughs> there. Right. Right, so we're going to follow that up with Reform School with Sarah and Mabel. Oh, using some proper vocabulary today. The word of the day, beckon. And apparently, you know, Mabel's all ready to go with Back in the saddle again. God. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then we. Well, that's that's why they've been wrestling under different characters for all yeah. seasons of Glow because they loosen up with stretches like that. So moving on, we go to MTV's <laughs> Glow Connection. 
And I'm pretty sure this particular this segment was an absolute repeat, like a complete mm-hmm. repeat from because she makes a Sunny the California girl reference in this. And I'm like, I remember hearing this before, so I'm pretty confident this is a repeat. I was wondering that too, yeah. That leads to match number three on the card, which is Tulsa taking on Daisy. And by the way, Tulsa comes out with a rope. Like she's gonna mm-hmm. hurt, uh, herd some cattle, rope some bull. Got her lasso. Yeah, and she just can't do it. She, she can't. No. She can't do the the twirly thing at the top. I don't know if it was me. I was just. I would rather see Tulsa come out with like a cowbell, Stan Hansen style, and <laughs> get ready to mm-hmm. you know lay a clobbering on somebody. A big thing but, of chew. Yeah, the, the big the big old mouth gaw. I mean, we're gonna talk in a later episode, man. She's definitely showing her age here compared to the other ladies. It's so different. Uh, we're gonna talk about Doctor Fields and Grope later, and them sitting, her and Babe sitting side by side. It's like mother daughter. It's just, it's so awkward. What if she came out with guns that fire caps? <laughs> like smoking guns. Yeah, like the little, little plastic ones that have like the metal finish, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's me. But it just seems like every episode we get further and further. Daisy's gear, she keeps cutting more and more mm-hmm. out of her pants. And you're seeing more and more thigh. I don't know what it is. Daisy's getting like hotter and hotter every, every episode. Yep. She really is. Like this girl's gorgeous. Uh, one thing I, I want to point out, Kevin, because mm-hmm. uh, I know the educator not on Twitter, but you are. Do, do you know Daisy has a Twitter account? I saw. Have you ever gone to her likes? Yeah. I thought it's a Drake Words burner account for a second. (laughs) Oh, ouch. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Not good. She's probably what? 50? 55 by now? Probably. I don't know. I think she can't get over 45. It's got to be like 60, maybe. Because this was in 90. So see if they're 20 and 90. 30 years they're going to be in their 50s at least right so Tulsa is 75 no. <laughs> not, yeah. not, where I was, not where I was going but I'll leave it there yeah I, I get over 45 I understand <laughs> she likes record players 45s so anyways educator why don't you go ahead and break this one down I can't stand Kevin's presidential jokes tonight All right, so we end up seeing as Daisy does her entrance towards the ring, Tulsa's in the ring with her lasso, and somehow Daisy's able to grab the lasso as Tulsa's in the ring with it and ends up doing like a tug of war and ends up yanking Tulsa over the top rope onto the uh, towards the floor, but ends up, you know, hitting the ring ropes and then snaps back for like a little whiplash uh, effect here. Daisy climbs into the ring, starts working a wrist lock, and ends up doing a twisting wrist lock takeover to bring Daisy to the canvas. Daisy begins working an arm bar um, as uh, Tulsa's down on the mat. Eventually, Daisy gets up. She hits the ropes and drops a running elbow onto a down Tulsa. Tulsa eventually recovers and is able to do a big two-handed arm drag uh, to bring Daisy down to the canvas and begins working a few stomps on her downed body. We see Tulsa hit the ropes and hits a big splash. Uh, Daisy tosses her off pretty abruptly after a one count from the referee. 
We see Tulsa with a big Irish whip and Daisy ends up countering with a like a hip check uh, as a response from that Irish whip to knock Tulsa down to the canvas. We see Daisy pick up uh, Tulsa into a big fireman's carry and flips her over for a slam. We see Daisy with an Irish whip and hits the big boot causing Tulsa to do a pretty, pretty impressive backward flop bump over the top rope onto the floor. Uh, Daisy ends up jumping down from the ring apron with a big stomp and then does a snap nair to Tulsa on the floor. Daisy gets back into the ring uh, by or sends Tulsa back into the ring by doing like an Irish whip, uh, flailing Tulsa under the bottom rope into the ring itself. We see Daisy with an Irish whip into the ropes and she catches uh, catches Tulsa with a big, big side slam. Dino Bravo style, big Kevin Nash style. Daisy kneels down, pushes da- uh, Tulsa's shoulders to the mat, and the referee counts for the pin. One, two, three. Winner of the match after the big side slam is Big Daisy Cool. I like the lasso spot. I think it just shows Daisy's reach, her height, her strength, everything. That was a good way to start out the match. Tulsa gets in some stuff, but this is an absolute massacre on her. I mean, there's just no doubt whatsoever that Daisy's winning, and she just throws her around. She's playing with her at this point. Uh, Daisy, you know, and we, we've mentioned so many over time. Imagine Daisy getting NXT training and being like a Raquel Gonzalez with her size and everything. My God, she could have been amazing for it. There's so much potential here. Absolutely. Um, I've I asked before, like when Daisy was with Gremlina, if it was sort of a sub dom abusive gimmick thing. But the more and more Daisy's doing out there, and then with Aunt Kitty and stuff, the announcer says and stuff she implies and all. All right, I'm not doing a bit. I'm I'm honestly wondering, considering this is in the '80s, at a time of a very special episode of your favorite sitcom tonight, and a time of milk cartons and all. I think Daisy's doing a kidnapping gimmick. Like, I'm still stuck in these clothes and these tattered's. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't remember my real name anymore. Just call me Daisy. That's what they called me. I guess that's who I am. Like, and, and I don't, I, I would think I'm going too far if it wasn't for Sarah and Mabel. <laughs> Being <laughs> too far characters. Like, I well, could see it. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I'm, I'm not completely disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I, I can see it as well. I don't know if when they came up with the Daisy gimmick, if that's what they were thinking. I just think they were like, oh, we got this really short girl and this really tall girl. Let's put them together somehow. Like, <laughs> I think it's very basic glow, glow stuff. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a, you know, breaking down literature college course here. Okay. What did the author intend? But then what can we put onto? the work here for extra meeting did the author intend it all along don't know probably most of them are dead but we can imply it and as long as you make a you know three to five good points you'll get an a on your paper all right so we follow that up with a beasties beanery segment then we get roxy aster who roxy, roxy right? aster oh, right. um so she's got nothing but nice things to say about her opponent cheyenne share yeah, she's looking forward to the big clean match for a change. You know, not going to expect any cheating. Looks forward to the competition that she's about to engage in. Yeah. Uh, then we get a shampoo commercial. 
And then we get a Mountain Fiji dream sequence with Vicky a victory. And that leads to match number four on the card, which is Lightning and Zelda taking on the New York Street punks of Stinky and Sneaky. Zelda coming down with her briefcase, all IRS style, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure what exactly she had in there that she was going to use for the match. I don't remember it really coming into play. Um, Not really, again, trying to figure out the whole Thunderbolt lightning thing. It's crazy. Earlier in the show when we had our our rap sequence here, uh, you know, Thunderbolt was specifically peered in on and got her little promo time in. But here we see lightning now for the second time with Zelda um, as a part of the tag team match as opposed to, you know, the Thunderbolt and lightning team. If you were on a double date with a male friend of yours and two of you take Stinky and Sneaky out for a date, which one do you pick and which one do you force on your wingman? I'm sorry. I think both of the girls are pretty cute. See, I would leave. Or are you for... talking? Are you talking about like they're in character? They're in gimmick. In, in character. I'm going with sneaky because I think stinky when it shut up. <laughs> why? Why do you say that, Kevin? It, it just because of how they lay out the promos and all. Sneaky's never there. You know, she just disappeared or whatever. I think I think a double date, Stinky would just talk and talk and talk and never be like, can you shut up so we can get the bill and get out of here? I have a question. Uh, just a question. You guys, you know, many times throughout this season here, you've heard me talk about Cheyenne Cher. Uh, it has to be Bailey's mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm also convinced that Stinky is Ruby Riot's mother. Oh, I could see. I, yeah, I can see Absolutely. facial resemblance there. Yeah. yeah. Very she is a New York street punk. She is a New York street uh-huh. punk. Um, right. All right, so <laughs> can't wait to see where she ends up. So, Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, me and you, we've we've been on some double dates. And indeed, we have. I have a question for you. Do you know? Um, so I had an audition the other day. Oh yeah, for what part? It was it was, it was brother. A brother. Like big brother, uh, just, little brother, just brother, just brother, just just brother. So we used to do this bit. Let me let me explain this to you, uh, educator. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Swingers? I have. So there's this bit in it when John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, and Vince Vaughn uh, does the portion where he talks about how he went on an audition for the part of brother, big brother, little okay. brother. It just just said brother, just said brother. And he talks and he goes through and he, he does it. And, and and you know the guy holding the camera? You, you know the, the guy holding the camera? Mm-hmm. And then Kevin would say, the camera guy? Yeah, he's crying. Everyone's crying. I get a standing ovation. And then they say, but I think you're a little old. I think you're a little old for the part. Well, how old is the brother supposed to be? And they said, 11. And I said, you saw my face. You saw my name. What's the moral of the story? You always double down. Like that's that's the joke. Me and Kevin used to literally do the entire bit for our double dates. <laughs> but as if it was natural conversation too. Like not leading on, it was a bit. Not leading on, it was rehearsed. Yeah, we were just doing it to pop each other. The whole routine. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, by the end of the night, we were popping each other. Because <laughs> so, because they would leave. I love how we had so many bits back then that we would do a new bit on someone and someone would come running from another room of a party 
just to watch the bit. <laughs> and I, I, I remember one of them saying, listen, it's like my favorite band. I've heard this a hundred times, but I'm going to hear it again. So, so educator, you know how Kevin, uh, his alter ego, Mr. Crisp, of course, Mr. Crisp. Uh, you know, his stories Mr. over Crisp. the years, how he went to the optometrist and, uh, you know, Akimbo, <laughs> like, you know, Kimbo? you know, his, you right. know, his, 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 the lyrics to his songs. Right. He would come over to these parties we would have and t- literally tell the same stories. But they're different people each time. And we would right. love it so much. <laughs> that, that's, that's so great. Some, so Chris, some got the greatest hits. Some heard it for the first time. Yeah. Either way, you're getting your money's worth, baby. <laughs> That's, That's right. like when you go to see Bon Jovi. You don't want to hear the new stuff. No. I want to hear you if give love a bad sli- name. Yeah. If it's not slippery and wet, no, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <sighs> Always? He, he had hits later on. Also the only men in history to have two fantastic hairstyles. All right, so anyway. Rock in the 80s, rock in the, the late 90s. Short. He hates Buffalo, though. He hates Buffalo. Because of Trump. That's the weirdest. <laughs> Speaking of 45, he hates Buffalo because of Trump. Because cause Trump leaked the news that he was going to move the Buffalo Bills to Canada or something like that. All right, anyways, why don't we break down the match? Educator, uh, why don't you break down this uh, Lightning and Zelda versus uh, the New York Street Punks? So the start of the match begins with Stinky in the ring, uh, face-to-face with the two faces, uh, Lightning and Zelda, and kind of like cutting a promo, but it's giving the opportunity for Sneaky to come in from behind and do a chop block to uh, to Lightning, uh, knocking her down to the canvas. We see Sneaky choking Lightning over the top rope. At one point, Lightning uh, ends up getting whiplashed back into the ring, but is able to th- roll through and ends up doing a unique climb on the top shoulders of Sneaky and hit a, basically a, a cheerleader roll through uh, to take Sneaky down. She ends up dropping an elbow and ends up hitting the top rope and then doing a flying bo- uh, cross body press onto Sneaky for a two count from the referee. And then we see Lightning with a big side headlock to Sneaky, and then Stinky runs in, and then Lightning jumps up and catches Stinky with a head scissors and ends up doing basically a double rollover takeover on both of the heels. We see Lightning tossing Stinky over the top rope, and Sneaky is now going to work on a wrist lock and a big roll-through takeover to bring Lightning down to the canvas. We see Sneaky with an Irish whip into her own corner, allowing the heel team to continue to double team. Stinky eventually tags back into the match. Stinky tries to do a body slam onto Lightning, but Lightning is able to cartwheel out through that body slam and knock Stinky down to the canvas. Lightning does a corner Irish whip to Stinky, uh, and Zelda ends up attacking and uh, attacking Stinky and eventually tags herself in. We see Stinky with a big head scissors take over to Zelda and then eventually a big back body drop. Stinky ends up hitting the ropes and hits a cartwheel twisting body press, gets a two count from the referee. Stinky runs and climbs to the top rope and hits a top rope flying cross body onto Zelda, gets another two count from the referee. 
Eventually, Zelda recovers, does an Irish whip uh, to Stinky into the ropes, and ends up catching her into like a small package like cradle roll through, and is able to secure the one, two, three pinfall victory. Winner of the match, Lightning and Zelda. Uh, Post match, we see Zelda starting to, and she was doing this in the middle or towards the end of the match as well. She starts like itching and scratching all over her body. Post-match, she's like grinding her back against the corner turnbuckle post. Um, she's itching all over the place. I guess she's selling the interaction that she had with Stinky in the match. Yeah, just implying that they're dirty girls and, you know, she caught bugs or something, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I was shocked Zelda got the pin, though. Like, Zelda being such a goof of a character and everything, even though we've seen glimpses of something better, I still really thought Lightning was going to get it, though. And even though these two are a newer team and, you know, where's Thunderbolt and Stinky and Sneaky are glorified jobbers, a lot of actual tag work in the match. A lot of, like, you know, reaching for the corner, going to tag into your partner, a lot of trapping your opponent in your own corner and doing a double team beat up, like actual wrestling psychology and storyline here. I, I was stunned by it. Lightning absolutely... Best wrestler of the match had a lot of really good moves. Um, I she just like floated up on Sneaky Shoulder, like one fluid move just right up there and all. Real good stuff by her. Um, for you know what it it was like a good WWF superstars match. Here's our actual name talent. Here's the jobbers. Be about a five six minute match here, but you'll be entertained. Like at that level, I was totally good with the match. Had fun with it. Yeah. Um, Kevin, to double back to your story time, <laughs> will you tell any stories at um, RetroCon? I will consider it. Okay. G- give you a few drinks. Listen to the band. Yeah. I think we could get you to tell some stories yeah, for those that, that are in good. attendance, of course, at RetroCon. Yeah, let's so. see. Jason will roll his eyes at me. Um, will and will actually know some of them, but we'll lose it on the ones he doesn't know. Have you been working? Now, here's my here's my only question: Is uh-huh. you haven't had your tools out lately? So are they yeah. sharp? Yeah, but working the gimmick, man. I know, I know. I feel like I need to like take it on the road a little bit first before RetroCon, just polish it up and and maybe try some new material too. Oh, I want to hear the new stuff. Want to hear that new stuff? <laughs> All right. Oh, so, so so why don't we move on to Elise's favorite segment? Godiva's Bare Facts. Then we get uh, Cheyenne Cher, who is conflicted about having to fight Roxy. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Country Girl Dates. And then we get match number five, which is our main event of episode one here, which is a run for the Rubies semifinal match, I guess you would call it, which is Cheyenne Cher taking on Roxy Haster. And uh, oh boy, (laughs) what an end to this one. What an end. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, we, I talked about the end of last week's episode. Like I had started watching the beginning of this one and I did not understand like the booking, how in the world these three ladies are now the finalists and they go into the finals for this particular match. Uh, but at least commentary later on during the Godiva match there's at least an explanation whether or not we're going to choose to embrace it. 
we get an explanation that because of the double countout finish between Roxy and Godiva from the previous week, that apparently no one could be declared the winner um, and no one advances. So they decided to do a, a coin toss and the winner of the coin toss immediately advances to the finals and the loser of the coin toss now has to fight face Cheyenne share and the winner of the Cheyenne share versus the loser of the coin toss now goes ahead and takes on Godiva in the finals. So it ends up Godiva wins the coin toss. So she advances to the finals as a result of the count out schmoz. And now we get the Cheyenne share Roxy Astor match. So, it's crazy to think how Godiva has progressed through the tournament. She loses in her second round match, uh, is able to come back in the battle royal and wins that battle royal, and then there's a not uh, no finish for the double countout, and then ends up winning a coin toss to get herself into the finals. Kind of weird booking. I, I would if I didn't know any better, I'd swear young Vince Russo is uh, <laughs> behind the scenes here. Well, no, because he's actually allowing some women to wrestle and not just be treated completely as sex objects. A little bit, oh. not completely here. All right, educator. Why don't you go ahead and break down the semifinal? All righty. So we do get a handshake between Cheyenne Shear and Roxy Astor to start the match. We get a collar and elbow tie-up between the ladies. Both girls push back against each other. We ended up getting a second collar and elbow tie up, and Roxy is able to over uh, succumb, uh, is able to. Ooh, we're gonna have to do an edit, edit, edit. And Matt's not even here to listen to it. So Matt, edit, 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 edit. <laughs> we get a second collar and elbow tie up, and Roxy is able to overpower Cheyenne Share with a big hip toss, and then she ends up working on an arm bar in a seated position on the canvas, working on Cheyenne Share. We see Roxy with a figure four leg lock. Uh, Perfectly set up and executed. What I don't understand, the rule mm-hmm. of a figure four leg lock mm-hmm. is that if you roll over on your belly, yep. it's reversed. And for whatever reason, apparently Roxy rolling over on her belly, she thought that this was going to increase the pressure on her opponent's legs, which she sold it as if it was, but completely destroying the business. Roxy, you're killing the business here. Come on now. <laughs> So once the figure four leg lock was finally released because there was no submission, we see Roxy with a big Irish whip. She tries for a back body drop and uh, Cheyenne shares able to essentially do a handspring flip out of it and is able to hit a big boot to the jaw of Roxy Astor. We see multiple hip toss reversals back and forth by the ladies, but Roxy is able to overcome and is able to capitalize and send CC, uh, Cheyenne Shear over to the mat. Roxy tries to do a roll-up pinfall, but Cheyenne Share reverses it. We see multiple roll-up reversals by each lady back and forth to each other for one and two counts from the referee. At one point, Cheyenne Share reverses a pinning attempt uh, for a press and gets a two count onto Roxy Astor. Roxy is able to work a hammer lock onto Cheyenne Share. Eventually, she turns it into a wrist lock and then into a basically like a roll-through arm bar. Uh, Cheyenne share is able to climb up to the top rope. Roxy ends up pushing her off to the apron and ends up causing her to do a slingshot over the ropes back into the ring, dragging Cheyenne share back into the ring. 
At one point, we see Roxy with a big snap scoop slam to drop Cheyenne Cher to the canvas. Cheyenne Cher is able to reverse an Irish whip, and Roxy ends up getting a big sunset flip onto Cheyenne Cher, but the referee is distracted. Uh, by Aunt Kitty at ringside And this gives an opportunity for Godiva to do a run-in And she ends up dragging Roxy out to the floor And the girls keep brawling back and forth Why this isn't a DQ Because the referee is counting uh, Cheyenne Cher is being legal in the ring But is counting Godiva uh, Or I should say Roxy out of the ring And as Godiva, who's doing outside interference Is brawling with, with Roxy Roxy ends up getting counted out of the ring and it's a count out finish. The winner of the match and advancing to the finals is now Cheyenne share who will be taking on the coin toss winner. Godiva for the glow crown. I mean, the ending's a shame because I was actually really enjoying the match as a rare, both girls actually wrestling match and glow. Um, Figure four side, which I had notes about that too. She turns it over for extra leverage. I'm like, that's not how this works. It's not how we've been trained from day one. That this is how figure four works. Drove me nuts. But then there's all these like reversals and takedowns and everything. And it's pure leg strength from both of them to be able to do all that. I'm like, this is actually really impressive. Honestly, the only thing holding it back at that point, I think, is the skimpy outfits and them doing a bunch of like leg locks and leg reversals and stuff like that. It's a bit inappropriate angles, but if they were in a more flattering, more covering gear, they could have been something and like right. not been distraction, been like actual good wrestling here. I was enjoying the hell of it. I thought this is actually like maybe one of the best matches they've ever had. And and I would put it in like top two or three if it's not the best one that we've seen so far. And then Godiva comes down and it's great storyline, but I'm like, you, this just ruins it. I actually had a good match here. Finally, all these episodes later, and now it's just ruined because you come out and like, what's the point though? I mean, your wins and losses don't matter. It's not like Roxy had like this huge push or anything. She could have lost clean and come right out the next week and been, cheered by the fans and slap hands with everyone and cut promos and like it wouldn't have done anything for maybe and and as i've begged for long-term booking maybe because of how it ties into things in next episode this was actually well 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 for glow plotted out by them i don't know and then though i just thought this is cheap this is a cheap way out of this match especially with it being a count out one and, and and you also mentioned Aunt Kitty's distracting the ref. Neither the ref or Aunt Kitty are on camera for it. Just the announcer. Right. Like, <laughs> just the announcer calling it. for it. Yeah. Right. I, I think the most frustrating thing for me is how is this not a DQ? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's If the referee's counting out Roxy, he's got to see that there's outside interference going on. There's brawling. So I don't get it. This would have been a great storyline for the first round. Yes. Like match number one to match number two, which we'll, we'll talk after the break about it. But for the main event of the next one, like the, the continuation of it. Now, I, I have an idea at the end, which, which I'll bring up in the next episode, but uh, where I think it should go. And I hope it goes that way. So. But anyways, we follow that up with a don't do drugs PSA from Hollywood. Then we get our mirror mirror on the wall segment. 
Then we get uh, credits. Two pies. Two pies. Or Vicious Vicky. Two pies Two to pies. the face. Um, then we get credits, which is just some hype for the finals. I actually liked this. It wasn't our generic yeah. credits, but we still do get Johnny C with Sarah and Mabel to end it. Sarah and Mabel beat up Johnny C. Good way to finish the show. So what you, what you guys think of this episode, the penultimate episode of Glow? We're almost to the end, baby. We've got our finals set. We've got Cheyenne Share versus uh, the wild card, uh, the coin toss winner, the battle royal winner, whoever you want, whichever way you want to go, Godiva. I feel like here we are at the end, and we have separated the wheat from the shaft here. We know who is actually going to wrestle and be entertaining and do, you know, whether a sports entertainer or an actual athlete. We know, and honestly, you could probably future endeavor half the women in Glow easily without blinking. Try again next season. Yeah. All right. So why don't we take a quick little commercial break and we'll be back after these messages. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hi, fans. Kevin here. And if you live in a city that is too small for a major league sports team, but big enough to have a mall with a comedy bar restaurant inside, well, have I got news for you. Yes, I, Kevin Hellions, will be embarking on a 13-city tour for my new stand-up routine. Now, it might be new to you, but I've had this album out for years, and I will be performing such classic hits with track titles like Lasagna, goulash akimbo trip to the optometrist and the difference between moisturizer and exfoliator yes all the hits will be there on stage oh i can't wait to see all my smiling fans and speaking of people i can't wait to see i just want you to know for listeners of the show if you are a young lady who was a part of one of these stories free admission no charge whatsoever i we will all be pleased to have you sitting right there front row shooting me dirty looks the entire time deservedly so probably so act now tickets are selling out fast until there's another shutdown of course and we are back and once again we are in the women's locker room and then we get a Riviera card breakdown. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's glow gossip. And then we get a glow wrap. And then match number one on the card, guys, is the Widow in Black taking on Nanachka. We see con- continued shenanigans from the Widow in Black offering another beverage of choice. Uh, she attempts to slip a roofie into the beverage in the ring. And you could see her flat out drop the pills into the tray, not into the actual cups themselves. So uh, I, I don't know if she didn't think the camera was on her, but <laughs> failed shenanigans. And then when Nanachka gets into the ring, you can still see the pill right next to one of the glasses on the actual tray itself. I don't know. I can clearly not drink from the cup in front of me. However, you would have expected that. So I can clearly not drink in front of the cup in front of you. Do you know? So side note here. Um, Carrie Elwes was Dread Pirate Roberts there. Um, Wallace Shawn 
you know, in, in that scene against him and all. Wallace Shawn would um, play teachers and other roles and everything. And he wanted to be out there in movies that like kids and teenagers would see because he never had any of his own. Because his wife was inconceivable. Inconceivable. (laughs) You can get those kind of jokes on the Masked Library Kevin Hellion stand up tour coming to a city near you. Educator, just go ahead. Just, just we gotta get that off our. Uh, we gotta get the palette clean here. Get that. Palette yeah. Clean so out. let's yeah. go. Why don't you just break down match number one? So in in an effort to ignore the uh, you know the color commentary and the continued remarks against Nanachka, we're just gonna focus on the actual match itself. So Nanachka ends up taking the drink away from her. So the black drink and slugs that down while the widow in black goes ahead and drinks the pink one that was originally set for Ninochka. Ninochka uh, starts the match with a big uh, Irish whip into the corner or reverses an Irish whip, I should say, that was attempted by the widow in black and ends up hitting a one-legged monkey toss to toss the widow across the ring. We see Ninochka pick up the widow with an airplane spin, turns it into a big slam. We see Nanachka from the corner hits an impressive looking running leg drop. I mean, it would make Hulk Hogan blush. She jumped pretty high up into the sky, uh, hits a solid leg drop. She goes to go for a second leg drop, but the widow ends up rolling away. We see the widow grabbing Nanachka by the hair and ends up doing a two handed double snap nair, rolling both of the girls forward into the ring. The girls begin rolling around, jockeying for position. At one point, Nanachka gets up and does a big solid elbow drop onto a downed widow. Nanachka with a big body slam attempt onto the widow in black. After she drops the widow onto the canvas, she starts selling the effects of the spiked champagne that she drank at the beginning of the match, uh, all wearied-eyed and walking around kind of staggering. Nanachka tries to do a second slam, but the effects of the spiked champagne cause her to fall back with the widow on top of her as like it's a crossbody press. The referee gets a two count for that pinfall attempt. The widow ends up hitting a big running drop kick on Nanachka. Nanachka tries to retaliate with a, a drop kick of her own, and this was a very unique spot where Nanachka ends up running and doing a drop kick. The widow sidesteps and Nanachka goes feet first over the top rope onto the floor. It was kind of an impressive looking bump, actually. Uh, the widow ends up stepping aside, allowing Nanachka to flail over the top rope to the floor. The widow follows down onto the floor, tra- uh, you know, trashes Nanachka hard, Irish whips her hard into the big wooden pillar, and it explodes. We see Nanachka getting her head slammed into the ring post by the widow in black. Uh, the widow that then follows with a big one-legged monkey toss to send uh, Nanachka out further out on the floor. The widow gets back into the ring, just beating the referee's countout, and the winner is the widow in black as Nanachka is counted out of the match. Yeah, I mean, widow here doing more than previous identity of dementia would um but still Nanachka's better and and even though Nanachka gets buried by the announcer and everything and uh, you know her new outfit's kind of terrible i'd say she's still protected overall and she's still one of the better wrestlers in all of glow anyways so well widow is 
more aggressive, more focused, like really trying here. I don't think it was ever a consideration that she might actually win the match by pinfall. Like Najka always looked too strong. So I got to say, though, if you want to really insult Nanachka as they seem to be doing and doing something more for Widow, this made a lot of sense. Just have her knocked out, have or knocked out of the ring, rather, not knocked out, knocked out. Um, fight outside there, acting a little loopy, but Widow not having anything in her system is able to beat the two count. It, a win's a win. If you're going to do something, it, it actually makes sense. I, I'm surprised how well it worked, honestly. Um, I do think, though, that while I like the poison gimmicks overall, I think I like Dementia's ridiculousness during matches more so than Widow's. Like, Widow has a good promo, a good setup to start the match. The, you know, the poison or a flower or whatever the heck it is each week. But Dementia did stuff during the match. And would just kind of, you know, go off into space and do something weird and crazy. And we just don't get that with Widow. Well, like we were saying earlier, it's almost like they were they were flip flopped. If you would have had the widow be her first character and then go into dementia, it would make more sense. Yeah. Um, but talk about uh, turning the the corner here by having widow and black beat Nanachka uh, right in the ring in the first match of of the evening, mm. especially when you're crowning a new uh, champion, really setting the planting the flag for a new regime in Glow. So. Um, we have a Dr. Feel and Grope with Babe and Tulsa. Now, Educator, you brought this up early. Um, well, earlier in the in, in the evening yeah. about uh, how uh, the age difference is really showing in this. It's crazy how the doctor is kind of flirting with the babe or with Babe, the farmer's daughter here. And Tulsa with her comeback that it's true that everything says uh, that everybody says about Babe, including her father with a shotgun. I mean, it's it's just crazy. It literally looks like it's a mother-daughter combo sitting side by side uh, during this segment. It looks like a 16-year-old going to gynecologist. Mom's in the room, and the doctor just asked her if she's sexually active, and she doesn't know how to answer because she's scared her mom's going to be mad at her. Yeah, all right, so we get our shampoo commercial. Then we get Zelda Zingers. And that leads us to match number two on the card, which is Tulsa and Babe taking on Daisy and Beastie. Uh, what a tag team, Daisy and Beastie, coming out uh, from nowhere. I, this this out of nowhere, they they seem to work well together. Uh, the, the the height that they both have, you know, they're bigger girls, solid girls. Uh, this, if there was a tag title, the, the, this would be the team to beat, in my opinion. Oh, I was just thinking that, too. If they brought back Tag, this is one that could come out, win it their first match. No one right. would question it, look dominant, and everyone else would be like, oh, how the hell are we going to beat them? Right. So anyways, Educator, why don't you go ahead and just break this one down? So we see the start of the match. Babe is flirting with Johnny C. Daisy apparently is just not having it as she ends up attacking Johnny C and tosses him through the ropes out of the ring. Daisy with a big corner Irish whip to Babe. Uh, Daisy tries to perch Babe up onto the second rope and does a tries to do a second rope beal over the top rope slam, uh, but ends up having Babe holding onto her hair, so it kind of counterbalances and causes Babe to flip uh, flip uh, Daisy over onto the mat during that roll through. We see Babe tying Daisy by her hair to the bottom rope. 
Daisy is screaming for uh, BC to come and release her, and BC does eventually work her way over and unties Daisy's hair. Daisy gets back up on her feet, does a big Irish whip, and it hits Babe from behind. Uh, uh, or Beastie ends up hitting Babe from behind as Babe hit the ropes. Daisy tries to do this again for Beastie to take advantage of the exposed body of Daisy, but Daisy ends up hitting a big running drop kick to Beastie during the Irish whip and then turns around and hits a drop kick rebounding off of the ropes onto Daisy to knock Daisy down. Daisy eventually recovers from that drop kick and does a two-handed arm drag and then does a corner Irish whip towards her corner where Beastie uh, is able to do work on a double team move, uh, working on Babe, uh, you know, hammering her down in her corner. Daisy ends up picking up Babe and tosses her over the top rope to the floor and Beastie ends up catching Babe in her arms and then Irish whips her and tosses her into the first row of the crowd. At one point, we see BC on the floor with a big Irish whip to Babe into the corner pillar or that wooden pillar, and it just shatters upon contact. Big explosion there. Daisy ends up tossing Babe back into the ring. And at this point, Tulsa decides to get involved in the match where she's now there. And this allows actually a double team of uh, Tulsa and Babe to work on Beastie, who's now also inserted herself legally into the match as well. The country girls end up doing a unique double team combo where they do a double Irish whip to uh, Beastie. Tulsa in front drops down, forcing BC to have to step over her on the run through. Babe ends up hitting a drop kick onto Beastie, which staggers her back. And then as as BC staggering back, Tulsa ends up doing a roll up from behind, but it only gets a two count from the referee. We see Beastie with a big face first ram uh, onto Tulsa into all four corner turnbuckles. At one point, we see Beastie with a big corner Irish whip to Tulsa and does a monstrous big football punt to the vagina, knocking Tulsa down to the canvas. At one point, we see Babe get tossed uh, back into the ring by Daisy. And the heels end up doing a big double suplex to Babe, who is apparently now the legal girl in the ring. And the double front standing suplex takes Babe to the canvas. BC rolls over on top and we get the one, two, three pinfall onto Babe. Winner of the match, Daisy and Beastie. I don't think in the history of us watching Glow, there's been a dominant tag team like this ever in anything. Um, the catch was insane. I had to watch that again. Yeah, the toss over the top. The best arranged and set up and multi-person move Glow has done by far. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Like, Babe babe tries. Babe actually got in a few and, and did a couple moves where she was able to take them both down and all. Like, Babe actually tried here, but there was no doubt of what was going to happen by any means two of them coming in and just hitting that double suplex on all like 105 pounds of babe i'm like oh jeez you just got destroyed here poor girl tulsa just not able at all look like she was trying to like get into the ring quickly to break up the three count not a chance in the hell just not fast enough to do it um beastie with her spot though i'm glad we're seeing that on your guys last episode running tulsa into the post Having all the styrofoam come raining down on her. Absolutely great. I like I'm upset it took this long to put these two together though. 
this is like uh, if WCW Nitro on the final episode, they paired up two people and it was the best tag team we've seen. They're like, see you later, guys. That's it for WCW. Like, uh, just awesome team together. I, I hope, as we said, I'm watching three more. I'm hoping they're together again. Yeah, we will see. Um, but Daisy, once again, anything, any situation she's put in, she shines. Tag tag team matches, whatever it is. I mean, she's she's been, I think, one of the best glow girls. So, um, but we follow that up with Godiva's bare facts, and then we get MTV's Glow Connection. Woo! <laughs> okay, DJ baby. Woo! <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, and then we're getting match number three on the card, which is. Tiffany Mellon with Jeeves in the corner taking on Major Tanya. Gotta love Jeeves as your second, bringing down a nice old can of caviar. (sighs) (laughs) What was that, Kevin? It's just so forced. And that's been a lot for Glow. Yes, it is. Yeah, once again, I, I, I think out of all the Glow Girls, Tiffany Mellon to me is by far uh, the worst. I, and Ooh. I'm not saying she's the worst because <laughs> like she's okay performances and stuff, but like just disappointing, right? Right. Mm. For the amount of attention she gets, she gets her own segment and... Uh, you know, you could tell that they want her to be the the one, but just does not does not connect. It doesn't translate very well on TV. Would probably be uh, I love- would, would probably be a great heel. I'm going to put this out there, Tiffany Mellon. Yeah, the Roman Reigns of Glow. Right, trying to cram her down her throat, and uh, no one's buying it. I was going to say I liked the uh, the inset interview of Major Tanya mocking Tiffany Mellon's laugh. Oh, that was great. In the middle of the match. Tiffany's just such a straight C student that you know could do better, but she's like, whatever, I still pass. I don't care. Where are the C's a cup size? (laughs) (laughs) More like a D. All right, educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down? So Tiffany Mellon claims that she has an expensive jar of caviar for Major Tanya if Major Tanya is willing to tell her about the USSR uh, because, you know, Tiffany Mellon's never had the opportunity, apparently, to go to the USSR. Uh, Major Tanya ends up doing a snap nair to Tiffany Mellon after she snatches the can of caviar away from her and ends up just doing a big slurp gulp of all the caviar and tosses the jar off to outside of the ring. We see an inset interview of Major Tanya mocking Tiffany uh, Mellon's laugh. I thought it was a fantastic interview. Uh, We get back into the match. We see Major Tanya with a big corner Irish whip, a bunch of corner stomps, and then eventually a corner monkey flip, uh, sending uh, Tiffany Mellon across the ring towards the other side. Tiffany Mellon ends up rebounding with a two-handed arm drag to bring Major Tanya to the canvas. She ends up doing an elbow drop. We see Tiffany Mellon attempting to do a second elbow drop, but Major Tanya ends up rolling away. We see Major Tanya working an armbar twist, but 
but Tiffany Mellon is able to do a leg sweep to knock uh, Major Tanya into the canvas. She ends up standing up, starts working on kicks to the thighs, and begins working essentially like a spinning toe hold maneuver submission. At one point, Major Tanya is able to kick Tiffany Mellon away, ends up grabbing a side headlock, and hits a pretty devastating running uh, bulldog uh, uh, to the canvas. We see a few stomps to the abdomen. Eventually, Tiffany Mellon is able to reverse an Irish whip attempt by uh, Major Tanya and ends up hitting basically like a big hip toss beal to send Tanya down to the canvas. Tiffany Mellon does an Irish whip of her own, does a big scoop body slam. Tiffany Mellon ends up going to the top rope and hits a big cross body block and ends up getting a two count from the referee. Tiffany Mellon ends up hitting the ropes, running the ropes, and hits a drop kick to send Tanya down. But Tanya gets up almost immediately and then slaps on a bear hug, a bear hug that then is able to bring Tiffany Mellon into the corner. At one point, Major Tanya is able to pick up Tiffany Mellon upside down for a big upside down. She's really setting up for a pile driver. She's kind of upside down around the ring and ends up dropping uh, down onto her knees for the pile driver. And it honestly looked like it was a botch. She dropped Tiffany square on her head. Uh, she ends up folding up Tiffany Mellon's legs and ends up doing the one, two, three pinfall while, you know, celebrating her victory. Uh, post-match, we do have paramedics coming into the ring, whether or not this was staged or there was a legitimate concern. But the drop on the head from that pile driver from Major Tanya, it it looked like it was square on the top of the head and she may have done some injury. Oh, yeah. Horrible looking pile driver. And we've said over the course of this entire series, they just should not be doing pile drivers at all. Because the chances of you having someone who actually knows how to give it and someone knows how to take it in the same match are very slim for Glow. Um, speaking of moves shouldn't do, Tiffany had a body slam on Tanya, and I thought Tiffany should not be picking anyone up for body slam. And and Tanya, not that she's big by any means, but I'd say you know she weighs more than like MTV probably or Lightning or you know Zelda. But I was like Tiffany just shouldn't be picking up anyone and. Tanya would be a little heavier than some of the other women. And she should definitely should be picking up her. Very surprised by it. Um, and the only thing that Tiffany did okay, and if she actually knew what she was doing could be interesting, is she keeps tying up Tanya's legs like she's going for different submission moves. And if she knew what she was doing, that could have been very interesting. Like, okay, this leg lock doesn't work. This doesn't work. Let me go for another one. And just constantly working over... Tanya's legs going for any sort of submission or tap out there real quick. And also if someone knew what they're doing, Tanya selling it the rest of the match would have been good too. Like a little, little sprinkles, little glimmers of like, yeah, it could have been something if, uh, you know, people knew what the heck they were doing in the ring here. Um, scary ending though. Really didn't like that. None of them should be doing pile drivers at all. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, if someone really did get hurt uh, during a match because of their inexperience, I, I would be fascinated to hear that sort of stuff. I mean, the only one I remember from the documentary is it was either a, a shoulder and elbow separation from a landing, but that was like season one or two. It was before what we're watching now. It's nasty. It's real gross. They replay it, but that's the big one. I remember. Great. So we follow that up with beasties beanery. Then we get a shampoo commercial. 
Then we get Mountain Fiji Dream Sequence with Lightning. And that leads us to match number four on the card, which is MTV Hollywood and Big Bad Mama taking on Mountain Fiji Thunder and Lightning in a two out of three falls match. Two out of three falls, like everyone in the ring, everyone's legal at the same time. This is essentially a glorified battle royal with pinfalls happening in the ring. I honest to God, considering it was glow, and when I saw all six women in the ring at once, I went, all the pinfalls are going to happen in the same moment. (laughs) Why not? Like, I thought everyone would just get pinned. It would either be like all three faces, all three heels, or two and one. Right. They would have just counted it all in one shot. I mean, I wouldn't have mind that. Send send everyone no, home early. Fun. Yeah. Um, educator. You're shaking. You're this shaking honestly, your head. This honestly could have, should have, would have been the hot tag, but I wanted to throw Hellions off here and give him the opening one. Uh, all in all, it's just a six woman schmaz. Uh, some of the notable events. Um, I like the super avalanche, the triple avalanche that was set up where all the heels had stacked the faces in the corner. So Mountain Fiji's in the corner. Actually, what was cool, I liked the Andre the Giant entrance for Mountain Fiji. She's carrying Mm -hmm. Thunderbolt and Lightning to the ring on her shoulders. She gets into the ring, but when she gets into the ring, she's blown up from carrying those two girls in the ring. She's breathing hard. It was tough for her to carry those two girls in. Um, fun in the match, the, the six lady brawl here, the big super avalanche where mountain Fiji's in the corner, uh, Ben Irish whipped into the corner and then Thunderbolt and lightning are stacked in front of her. And then all three heels essentially grouped together and charge like two or three times, you know, colliding into that corner, squishing all the ladies, uh, fun to see big bad mama with a big full Nelson onto mountain Fiji giving the opportunity for Hollywood and MTV to land like a bunch of kicks and open shots to an exposed mountain Fiji. We see the end of the first fall where lightning ends up hitting a big high crossbody off of the top rope onto MTV, getting the one, two, three pinfall finish. The ladies continue to brawl once the match restarts. All six are in, you know, still going on in the ring. And we end up seeing Hollywood with a unique reverse cradle pinfall on Thunderbolt for the one, two, three. And the finish of the match, we end up seeing Mountain Fiji slams Hollywood square down in the middle mtv and then body slams her on top of a prone hollywood and now while mtv is laying on top of hollywood mountain fiji with the big one foot on top of the body one footed pinfall attempt one two three the winners of the match mountain fiji thunderbolt and lightning you're absolutely right there's just too much going on and a lot of it's just kind of to be there it's not really a, a story or good moves or anything entrance great um i i even wrote in it when it starts oh there's no calling this match at all uh lightning has sort of like a beta test who her canrana here out of nowhere avalanche is great the reversal of the avalanche or like the callback for it later on is cool it's fun it's silly but there's nothing good the only the only thing they'll point out is i think because mountain fiji and big bad mama are paired off so frequently it, it seemed like the two of them are having fun in there. Like right. the, maybe they're actually good friends behind the scenes, everything they're like, let's just have fun, go all out, you know, do this crazy crap to each other 
for our own amusement for the fans. Like they really seem to have like a, a chemistry and a fun between them. It's good to watch too. So we're going back to reform school with Sarah and Mabel for one last time, educator. Uh, I really couldn't understand the end of the line here. Um, they had to use the word buxom in, uh, in a sentence. I wish I had a million buxom tired. I don't know. Wish I had a million bucks. I'm tired. I don't know. It's yeah. I was a fan of it at first, but it got old quick. Wasn't one of their best ones. No. Nope. And then we get a shampoo commercial. We get country girl dates. And we go to our main event. The reason we are here, the run for the Rubies final, which is Godiva taking on Cheyenne Cher. Now, guys. I brought this up beforehand. Yes. Oh, boy. All right. So we're at the finals here. Can we talk about the new commissioner of Glow? The new commissioner who has been harassing all of the ladies at the start of every episode is now the guy in charge. The referee that comes into the women's locker room is now the commissioner. That's the biggest biggest thing of the episode. That's the swerve, man. Did you see who he sat next to after taking his rightful was seat? It, uh, Jackie, Jackie Stallone was there. Jack- yeah. <laughs> Where she's been, been there the entire time. season, other than the arm wrestling match, episode one. <laughs> this whole season's bookend by Jackie Stallone. <laughs> <sighs> Shenanigans in this. Oh, by the way, was the guy's name, was the referee's name Steve Flask? Something, yeah. Steve- Steve Blanche. Steve Blanche. Blanche. That okay. must be a Golden Girls take. I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe that's how he got the job. Maybe it was a congratulations for all of his hard work for for bonding with the girls. Say thank you for being a friend. There you go. Um, yeah. So, guys, what did you think of this? I mean, what a way to crown a winner with a schmaz. Another oh. schmaz finish. Gosh, we had had anything gleaned. I would say the biggest thing that I popped hard for, uh, Godiva's inset interview, making fun of Cheyenne Cher. Mm. Cheyenne Cher. Yeah. Cheyenne Cher making a comment about her weight that she can't get her big butt off the ground. But Godiva thinks Cheyenne Cher is jealous because Cheyenne Cher has the body of an underdeveloped 14-year-old. And then she does the pause. Boy, I thought that was great. Loved it. Jeez, uh, what's why not have one more? If I'm gonna pick someone body wise in 2021, it's Godiva all day, all day. Yeah. Like absolutely curves before they were cool, thick with two C's. That's right. Let me think here. I I love Broadway Rose. Yeah, tattoo mm. does it. I for also you. also. I love Big Zelda. Daisy, cool. I'm a Zelda fan. Oh, oh, I'm I'm jumping ship to Big Daisy. Cool. All right, educator. Why don't you go ahead and break one last the one finale. down for us? Last one down. Hot tag. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so the <laughs> so the girls start the match hitting the opposite ropes. Cheyenne Cher tries to do a got a crossbody. But Godiva essentially catches her and ends up slamming her, tossing her down to the mat. 
We see Godiva set up Cheyenne Cher, hits a one-legged monkey toss, sending Cheyenne across the ring. We see Godiva throw Cheyenne Cher into the ropes with an Irish whip and hits a back body drop, taking Cheyenne Cher down to the canvas. Godiva does an Irish whip, but telegraphs a back body drop attempt. Cheyenne Cher does a very unique crossbody splash along the, uh, a bent over back of uh, Godiva, causing Godiva to crash face first down onto the canvas. We see Cheyenne Cher working an arm bar and then ends up standing up and grabs one leg and one arm and pushes her foot into her uh, the abdomen of Godiva, stretching her back, creating like a standing abdominal stretch maneuver. Godiva ends up escaping and ends up hitting a running drop kick, sending Cheyenne Cher to the mat. Godiva struggles in a body slam attempt multiple times to pick up Cheyenne Cher. Cheyenne Cher is like locking one of her legs around Godiva's inside foot. Uh, Cheyenne Cher is able to counter with basically like a cradle slam suplex of her own. Kind of like a Tazplex there. Crazy. We see Cheyenne Cher with a big top rope leap and a forearm smash onto Godiva and then begins to work a Boston Crab on Godiva. But Godiva is able to use her powerful legs to push Cheyenne Cher off and escape. Here we have that inset interview where Godiva uh, responds to Cheyenne Cher's comments about not being able to get her big butt off of the canvas into the air. But Godiva says that Cheyenne Cher is just jealous because she has that underdeveloped body of a 14-year-old boy. We see Godiva with a big side headlock onto Cheyenne Cher and hits an impressive running bulldog for a big crash and burn onto the canvas. We see Godiva pick up Cheyenne Cher like it's going to be a side suplex Dino Bravo style, but she turns it into a tilt-a-whirl, attempting to bring Cheyenne Cher over her shoulder for a power slam, but Cheyenne Cher is able to counter out of it with a big roll-up and gets a two-count, an extremely slow two-count from the referee. We see Godiva with a big Irish whip. But uh, Cheyenne Cher is able to counter back by bouncing off the ropes and hitting a running drop kick. We see Cheyenne Cher with an Irish whip of her own, but that Irish whip is then countered by Godiva. And Cheyenne Cher ends up hitting a sunset flip on a bent down Godiva and another referee extremely slow two count. Godiva ends up hitting a big leg trip and a two legged slingshot that causes Cheyenne Cher to flail over the top rope onto the floor. Godiva gives chase onto the floor, ends up doing, uh, or grabs, I should say, Cheyenne Cher by the hair, brings her back up onto the apron, and does a big front suplex to Cheyenne Cher as Cheyenne Cher is standing on the apron and brings Cheyenne Cher back into the ring over the top rope for that front suplex. We see Guy uh, Godiva pick up Cheyenne Cher for a big scoop slam, but rather than drop her down on the mat, she ends up carrying her over to the corner turnbuckle, where in that corner, the run for the Ruby's crown is, is propped up. And we see Cheyenne Cher staring at the crown as she's getting beat on by Godiva. Godiva does a second scoop slam to drop Cheyenne Cher over that same corner turnbuckle. Godiva goes for a full scoop slam attempt, but Cheyenne Cher ends up swinging her legs and it causes the, uh, a ref bump, knocking the referee down to the canvas. This ends up giving an opportunity for a Roxy Aster run in. Roxy Aster run in. <laughs> uh, we end up getting a big double leg kick. Uh, Roxy Aster had her back 
to the canvas or back to the corner turnbuckle. Uh, Godiva still had Cheyenne share up for a body slam, but Roxy Astor ends up doing like a double leg mule kick to cause Cheyenne share to end up doing basically a cross body from that scoop slam attempt, causing Godiva to crash down onto the canvas. And the referee makes a recovery and makes a much faster cadence pinfall. One, two, three, the winner of the match. And now the new glow champion, Cheyenne share. So, as we discussed many episodes ago, I kind of looked ahead. I was wondering how many episodes there were, and I didn't realize that the title was going to change to Cheyenne Cher's reign. So I've known for a while that she was going to end up winning this. And I assumed, as this tournament progressed, that I would see some great wrestling from Cheyenne Cher and and more and more of a buildup and more and more reason for her to become the new GLOW champion. Until Godiva's work just kicks up. I'm watching this knowing full well Cheyenne's going to win and just hoping Godiva wins, hoping that like I saw something wrong. Godiva has been fantastic as a heel. Um, just a- aggression in the ring, going forward with everything, looking more dominant over Cher, like looking like a great contender for it. And honestly, a heel champion would have made more sense anyways, too. And I would have loved to see Godiva as the champion taking all sorts of screwy ways to win the matches and retain her title like always have interference or always have something happen or, or retaining a count out victories like there's been so much stuff like shine share i've just been more impressed with godiva as a character as this went on however my favorite person in this match is cheyenne share does a sunset flip only gets two count out of it but the about 12-year-old kid in the front row doesn't know that and jumps, is almost on the ring apron, screaming for Godiva to kick out. Just like in her face, yo, get out, Godiva, get up! <laughs> he had his favorite, and he wanted her to win. <laughs> Roxy running out, I get where they're going. I'm very curious to see more of Roxy versus Godiva, as, as I'll see for at least two, maybe three episodes here coming up. But I'm not excited for what's next for Shine Share, though. Right. Like, I'm I'm more interested in the side story than crowning a new champion. That doesn't seem right here at all. Um, credit for Roxy, though, f- to, from Tiffany Mellon's partner there. And honestly, I think being in Tiffany's curvy shadow for most of it to be an absolute contender star here. Like, she's improved a ton as well. Right. So, Treats, you disappointed? No. Uh, you know, we said that Cheyenne Share was actually one of the better performers. Right. So I could see them wanting to build around a good performer. Uh, character, I don't think it's there because we've seen her go from her Indian folklore to cheerleader to Indian folklore to cheerleader. Like, Right. It's, been back it, it's almost forth. like I don't know which one they will go with because right. of it sure. um i i thought that was fine I, I i don't like the shenanigans especially when it is right. a face champion a heel champion would have been different right yeah uh, but it's glow now what i am thinking is your main event for the next episode that kevin's watching has to be roxy aster 
Roxy Aster taking on Godiva. Okay. I would imagine, or they got to be building up to that grudge match. But the thing is, you know, the whole point of this run for the Rubies tournament, it was because of the grudge between Major Tanya and Nanachka. And look how that's played out. They're really, they've had a couple of matches and they've had incomplete finishes. So, I mean, for something that has been building for, what, 15 or so episodes, and they still haven't really fully played that out, doesn't leave me any credence that they're really going to do well with continuing the angle with Godiva versus Roxy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. But you would think that. Also, too, I'm curious as to who does Cheyenne share feud with next? Like, who do they go with? Like, who are they building up? They're not building up anyone. Oh, you want a spoiler? <laughs> well, what, did you watch I'm the next episode? I, I'm not. I didn't watch the next episode, but I know the direction they're going with with Cheyenne Sharon, where the belt ends up going or the crown goes. Well, Kevin's gonna watch it. I don't want to spoil it for Kevin or the audience. Oh, well, I, I don't know. know if it, I don't know if it's gonna be. I don't. I can't imagine it plays out. Who in those does three episodes that are coming? Who will you guys watch the pay per view, which takes place well after, well after, and by then the, the pay per view the. Cheyenne Share has already dropped the crown to the next champion who defends it at the pay-per-view against Nanachka. Oh. So do you want that? It's got to be Major Tanya. No. Kevin, do you want this? I know. You know it? Yeah. I know, then what's the spoiler? So you want Big Daisy, cool. That makes sense. Yeah, they give they give the give the crown to Daisy. And I and I watched the match and there's not a lot of fanfare after Daisy wins the title, wins the crown. Well, she she really. was going to heal. So she that's probably why they moved Daisy away from Gremlina, turn right. her face. But then they're like, oh, we're going to need it. They probably shifted because Nanachka put her two weeks in or whatever. Right. They're like, oh, we're going to need a face. It, so let's keep Daisy heel to feud with Cheyenne Chair. Right. Yeah. And then they end up building up for that pay-per-view, which I think is a year or two later. And, uh, and, and, uh, like I said, Nanachka's back and she's, she's in a green version of her gear. She's got super long, like longer hair. How was the like, Nanachka Daisy match? Not good. Okay. <laughs> not good. Daisy, Daisy wins. Daisy retains. It's just, it's weird seeing Nanachka still, uh, still thick, um, but just the long brown hair, just like you keep looking at her. Is that really Nanaka? But then she's got a couple of mannerisms. She hits that running leg drop, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely Nanachka. But More importantly than the crown, who has the crown, is Steve Blanche still the commissioner? I <laughs> couldn't tell you. At the time of the pay per view, I couldn't tell. I got to figure out who that was. I, I do. I do like the fact that um, when Steve, when he gets in the ring, at least he goes through a run through of the of the crown history of the previous crown holders, Americana, Tina Ferrari, uh, and the few other ladies that had had it prior to Nanachka. And then here we are, Cheyenne Cher. I think she's like the sixth one that was uh, in the timeline. I may have to watch. This next episode that's on two by. I'm probably going to watch it too. 
Uh, but I'll be watching it from my yacht, and I don't know if I'll be able to Skype it for, my, for a, you know. That's okay. You know, well, for, you can't for take notes. You don't want the pages to all get wet. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Oh, so anyways, after the match, we follow that up. Instead of credits, uh, we get the three competitors sharing their thoughts on, on the match. So, And I will say Godiva's promo was the best of the three of them. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought Godiva was great. She, her stock is skyrocketed. Well, out of those of, three, uh, she has the, the most well-defined character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then I would say well Roxy, and then, of course, Cheyenne would be last. But. Right. And there's no Johnny C after the credits. There's Sorry. no vicious victory. Uh, Vichy, uh, you know, Vicky, Vic, uh, uh, Vicky victory getting crushed with a pie. There's no locker room banner with the girls doing makeup. It's just three promos and. There's, there's, there's no Vicky coming out to congratulate Cheyenne share. No tag team partner, you know, it's very interesting. Yeah. So season four boys. We did it in the books. You guys happy about that? A little bittersweet, you know, um, you know, we had to pivot due to the network sale and everything not transferring over to Peacock. But I think we did as best we could with what material we had to work with. So I do want to say to everyone listening out there, we will be back for season five. How that looks. Still undecided. We, we don't know we, what a we're. A lot of it is. Don't, don't know what it's we're all doing contingent now. based on Peacock and what what may or may not be on Peacock. Um, we may pivot and you know do a completely different format. Who knows? Oh, uh, but we are we are planning on something uh, in the fall, and uh, you know stay tuned. We're gonna do a sequel quest uh, reboot of our show. <laughs> there is a rumor, but I'm hearing. All right, I like it. I like it. But, Kevin, you will be back next week for the Afterglow? I am. Lisa's all excited for it because she does not know what she's getting into. Yeah. And who would have thought, guys, this is how crazy this has been. We started with Season 3. We pivoted to Season 4. And in the midst of Season 4, released a bonus episode for Season 1. It's crazy. With the NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021 episode. Love it. I would just need, instead of Mayan Classic, we just need NXT Glow it all together there you go uh educator before you say anything out there what do you want to say to the substitute of success crone Meltzer? how did he do in your absence uh for the in your house takeover uh he took the ball he ran with it he he did a fantastic job nothing nothing but kudos and respect to the substitute right, you heard it there uh substitute educator giving you the thumbs up there all right big thumbs up all right educator what do you want to say to the people out there first of all thank you to my two co-hosts here to the show big kev good luck with you taking over the reins for the upcoming summer i'm looking forward to what you piece together and continue to present in our absence as always uh maddie treats a big thank you for all your time your effort and your editing as producer of the show I can't even imagine the amount of time in addition to what we already do between us watching our content, taping the actual show, and just knowing what you must do to go through and put all this stuff together. A huge, huge thank you. Uh, You are obviously what keeps this thing together, and I am extremely appreciative of it. Uh, To the fans out there listening to the show, as always, we thank you for your support. Please go check out the Retro Network. Lots of different offerings that they have uh, in pop culture uh, for you to consider perusing through. 
Love to meet as many of you uh, at RetroCon in the fall. Uh, looking forward to putting some names and faces together and uh, looking forward to seeing what season five and what shenanigans we'll be up to next uh, coming up down in the fall. Yeah, and as always, I want to say you can follow me on Twitter at Maddie Treats. Once again, that is at Maddie Treats. I want to thank you to my two co-hosts, two of the finest men in the world. Mr. Kevin Hellions, and of course, the educator. And a shout out to the substitute of success for, for chipping in um, this season. We will be back. We are taking July and August off. We may be back in September. We may be back in October. We don't know. <laughs> it's all dependent on the peacock. Um, and, uh, but but Kevin, you're, you're going to have Hellions talk, talk Hellions, whatever you're calling it, uh, you know, launching here pretty, pretty soon. Uh, tune in next week for the Afterglow right on this station. And I, I, I still may be putting things out. Uh, still not sure if I'm going to SummerSlam or not. So if I do, though, uh, Kevin may talk to me about it. So a uh, lot of stuff I, going. I, yeah, I have a format I could do that. Oh, there you go. That's good. That's good. Um, and then, of course, RetroCon coming up. Please come to RetroCon. Kevin will be doing his stand-up routine. He's sharpening the tools right now. He's working. He's he's getting a tight five right now in front of the mirror. So uh, I know he's very excited for that. So, Mr. Hellions, take us on. All right. Thank you guys for this journey. It's going to be weird to not have a weekly recording. But I think even in our absence of a, a weekly check-in on Skype without having to watch Glow or have a bunch of notes and all might be in order. Thank you to all of you for listening. Thank you to Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to Richard Reader and Jason Gross for our logo. Uh, shout out to our friends over at Ad Odds who have to put up with me every week just as badly as you guys have to put up with me. Gavin, are yeah. the gentlemen from Ad Odds coming to RetroCon? I don't know yet. I was hoping they would have leaked information on that. Well, now. it sounds like it's, it's in Pennsylvania. They it could. sounds like Mr. Van, any money he saves at Toyhio, he could spend at RetroCon. That's an excellent point. Just throwing it out. It there. sounds like he didn't have as good a. I, I mean, I've been seeing his Twitter live tonight as we talk. It sounds like he didn't spend as much money as he thought he would. Yeah. And maybe Joe may have made a lot of money on his rummage sale. That's true. So what a better way to spend it than buying more stuff that will then eventually be put into a room sale later on in life. Uh, yes, but you can't put a price on the time that you can spend with me. It's true. Yeah. All right. You can follow this show still across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow all of my stuff, including the upcoming Hellions Talks podcast uh, across social media for my own stuff is at Masked Library. MassLibrary.com is my home blog. Go ahead and check out the show notes. Still got Patreon merchandise, all sorts of fun stuff. And that's just always going to be there for you guys. And speaking of always being there for you guys, I, I don't know, listeners know this, but when we started doing this, Maddie Treats really set us up. He's, he's been behind the scenes for it and setting things up and editing. One of the things that he did is he provided the educator and I with new microphones. They're fantastic, and I thought you could immediately hear better quality of the show. Problem is, I have this fantastic microphone, but I didn't have good headphones at all. 
so I had to go out to the store and I was at the mall and I didn't know what kind I was looking for or anything. And this young, very beautiful girl was more than willing to help me out and all. And she came up to me and you know saw me looking around the electronics department. She said, oh, hi, would you like some headphones? I said, I absolutely, but how did you know my name is Phones? I like, I like how when you you say a joke, and then we are completely silent because we're disgusted, and you laugh like you're f***ing Muttley. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in the fall. Uh-oh. Wacky races. Oh, I love wacky races. I bought wacky races on uh, Voodoo. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.